Why do you care? Yes. It's like not like this is like a formal fucking thing. No, right? no, no stomach rumblings were yeah, heard well, during the making I, of this podcast. I just want to make it a, a point of discussion, okay? And fuck the royal family. No one's talking about that shit. No one fucking cares. Ratchet and woe. Let's go. You why, are you, why are you so angry at them? <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to Ratchet and woe. I hear they have the word. Check a bone. You know what it is, Ratchet and Woe Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, email us questions, comments, topics, Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to everybody tuning in on Spotify. Shout out to everybody tuning in on the Block 105. What's up, the Block? Salute to y'all. Unlearn the world. Little M Sizzle. Oh, we came in hot. We like official with the whistle today, man. I know, because you gave me that coffee and I'm lit uh, Exactly. Like a witch's titty. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so shout out to you for doing the women's empowerment yeah. um, workshop again. Let's just really admire me as the only situation. woman in the room. It's my well, yes, yeah, it's it's International Did Women's Month. Did we admire you month. when it was African American? Of course month? not. No, not at oh, all. I'm God. never admired. Are you serious? <laughs> uh, no, we're from I admire uh, your penis every day. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> So, um, and now, did that derail you? No, International Women's Day was this week, but it's also Women's History Month, so yes. it's a whole month of celebrating women. And, and you, you had happening. some angry words about the fucking royal family, so no, nah, I just you... wanted to say that we're not covering that. It's not a, I, you know, what I'm saying, like, I don't understand the big shocker <laughs> with everything that's going on or what's being discussed, you know what I mean? It's like. You know, um, they are literally responsible for imperialism, the entire family. Why do we think they're going to feel any different about anything that it's just ridiculous in any case? Um, do you I, have any hot takes on it? Um, you know, I actually don't really know anything about it because yeah, I didn't care. Exactly. That's my point. Moving on. Like, what, they don't even matter to their own country. Why the fuck that's is my this point. Like, that's it, this is so ridiculous. Like, yes. The fact that they even got Oprah to do it is nuts. Like. That's probably why they were trying to. It's probably some sort of exposure promo run of some Who sort. Knows? It's a it's fucking a royal shit. All right. But speaking of, of bullshit, let's do you want? Let's talk about how Gen Z is trying to cancel fucking everything and how Pretty they much. need to shut the fuck. <laughs> like they up. act like they just discovered race. Like racism is a thing, and they're like they're the only ones fighting it. Like it's just a weird. You know who Gen Z is? <laughs> they're when you just get out of your small town and go to a liberal arts college for the first time and start taking like sociology classes. <laughs> That's the entire generation of Gen Z. Holy shit. That makes a lot of sense. Because it's like, okay, if are you to cancel Eminem, if you were from within the hip hop culture, and you happen to be Gen Z. That's a different conversation, I think. Yeah. If you are from outside, if you are on the peripherals and you don't exist within the hip hop community, then your perspective on Eminem and if he should be canceled within hip hop is a moot point, in my opinion. Like, it's it, we don't need your opinion. You aren't part right. of this culture. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> Seriously, like, and it's not like your TikTok account doesn't mean that. And your it's words not like your shit. opinion is gonna move the needle on where hip hop, where hip hop um, positions Eminem. Like, if his if, his position is solidified, right? If black men and women 
within the hip hop culture gave Eminem a pass, then why the fuck does Gen Z think that they're they they have more of a say? You know, like I just don't. Well, I just think it. it speaks to their. I uh, I think that a lot of Gen Z uh, people are very much insulated from like certain frames of consciousness, other life experiences, you know, they're coddled, you know what I'm saying? And, and there's benefits to that and there's detriments to that. Right. I mean, but they're ultimately coddled, right? Whatever generation preceded them was successful enough to have kids who are functioning at a high level one way or another, or, you know, are intelligent. Right. But that doesn't mean like you're the first group that's ever done anything about human justice or social justice or like, you know, so Gen Z's fervor, I think is misplaced often. It's like you, they act like they're the first people to discover any of these issues exist and that they're the first people to create a movement around it. And I think it's just like they exist in this weird vacuum of themselves, you know, and you're also understanding like they're, they're an existing in a world where, um, everything's accessible to the phone. That's what I was going to say. It's like, you don't make it sound like you out there in the streets fucking doing the legwork to protest. You're on fucking TikTok. Like, that is not the same. Like, speaking out on social media is not the same as organizing and, like, f- forming, you know, events and protests. Like, it's not the fucking same. So I think it has, like, a certain level of impact, which is not something to, like... I mean, it's like they're able to reach a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. But I think that someday people are going to look back at all of their fucking shit that they posted on social media and be like, damn, I really wish I didn't have access to a phone. Or they're gonna sell them as NFTs and learn no lessons, right? I'm gonna sell my shit as NFTs. I'm (laughs) gonna figure out how the fuck this whole shit is crazy. Like everything that I'm hearing about this shit, that people are making like three to seventy million for pieces of digital art. We'll talk to people that maybe aren't um, enlightened on to as to what NFTs are. I thought it was a a so NFTs are a non fungible token. Um, that's what NFT stands for. Ugly ass name. be that as it may my understanding is that it's a space that allows you to authenticize or authenticate digital media so all forms of digital media be it a painting be it a photo be it a song be it a movie or sound clip or whatever a podcast a podcast it could be anything let's get that nft money (laughs) but they are placed in this market with this kind of certified stamp of authenticity and there's a value placed on it. And there are certain spaces within the cryptocurrency world that will accept this token as a, a currency provided that people place a value on it. Right. Similar to Bitcoin so people, cryptocurrency. So people are able to bid as to the value of whatever it is that you're putting up as a piece of media. Afterwards. It's a universal value. Right. But afterwards, not only do you get paid in Bitcoin or in cryptocurrency from the exchange, and that can go up, you know, in terms of value. But any time or in any case that that piece of media is then resold, you will continue to receive a royalty from that for the rest of forever. That's fucking lit. You see what I'm saying? So if you sell, say I drop an exclusive song and I sell that as an original authentic piece of media directly from my computer and it's only available here. Hypothetically speaking, I could feasibly go to one of these auction houses within this cryptocurrency community, put it up for auction and somebody can bid on it as a collector 
valuating its worth at anywhere from $1 to a million dollars to $70 million. Could we take down previously posted content and material and remove it from whatever platform that it's on and repost it in these auctions so that even though it's not like brand new, it's now exclusive to this platform? Yeah, exactly. Because that's what I'm about to do with this my year because I was just saying this in the group chat. I'm just too paranoid about the children seeing my nipples. (laughs) Like it's it's like exactly what I was explaining with the with the Gen Zers, you know, of like you have all this content. It's it, if you watch the or listen to the JBP, Mal always says this all the time too. This like people are so reactionary with their phones when it's right in their hand, and people will just say shit, and that's just out there forever. I feel that way about this my year. Now I'm never gonna be able to take my titties off unless I remove it from YouTube and I put it and get hella money for it. Exactly. Then I don't really give a fuck. Exactly. And now, but you know, I, I think to err on the side of caution and and to be responsible, right? It's not as cut and dry as, oh, let me just put an exclusive song in this space and then I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Right? No. You actually have to be invited into these auction houses that we're hearing these the amazing stories about. The better auction houses are like similar exactly. to clubhouse. It's invite only. You know what I'm saying? It's exactly. It's exclusive. It's invite, invite only. Yo? It's whatever the case is. And it's exclusive for collectors. So it stands to reason that if you do happen to network and make it in that space, you could put out a piece of media that could be evaluated at anywhere from, you know... Like the, in the millions. Okay, okay, let's do this right now. We have a pretty big audience, especially out there on the block. So we're going to say this. If you have the invite for an auction house for NFTs, email us and we'll make <laughs> some sort of deal. We can make some shit happen. We'll go split skis with the content and whatever, you know? Like, what you think? What you think? Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Let's get rich here. <laughs> exactly. We get rich, but, you, we'll make it worth your while. You know what's so interesting is that, like, this NFT thing fits into cryptocurrency as a whole as, like, a, a disruptor of the current economic system that exists in capitalism, Yeah. number one. But then it also speaks to um, being a... a, a kind of a game changer in the same way that GameStop uh, on Robinhood was a game changer in terms of the way um, the distribution of wealth is now shifting, that there are going to be in this current climate, there will be algorithmic automatic millionaires. Yeah. If you, I mean, there's, it, it stands to reason just by matter of probability without as many people as, as many adults are on earth with all the, you know, um, financial mechanisms that are in place that are matching with algorithms that go up and down or whatever the case is, it's likely that you're going to come across some anomalies of people who made investments just at the right time. I mean, it's the same as winning the lottery, up. though, or gambling. Exactly. I mean, it's all a gamble. It's exactly. all risk, I mean, there's there's a, a there, there may be a higher probability in this particular instance, but it's, another, it's another pathway for wealth to be created instantaneously. Right. Like, literally overnight, you can go from eating ramen noodles to becoming a multi-millionaire that's the level of volatility that exists in this digital space i think i think it's also like doesn't always happen cash out also also it's exactly like, it's exactly. a lot of different variables a, you know, so but it's, it's not like just but hot. it speaks to this whole thing that i'm starting to understand and call hit a lick culture yes you know what i'm saying like culture. it's a whole culture of people who are just trying to hit the algorithms just right right it's almost gambling yeah. Right. But it's gambling in almost every facet of your life. You're you're trying to hit a lick to catch fame. You're trying to hit a lick to to get money. You're trying to hit a lick for 
this or that. You know what I'm saying? Just this algorithmic sense of virality in order to gratify who you are. But the thing about <laughs> hitting a lick is that you need to be like, you need to like remove the blinders and be seeing, you need, it's like you have to be so hyper vigilant about trends and hop on that trend. You don't want to be too late. It's right. like the shit with Clubhouse too. Like soon everyone's going to be on it and you're not going to have the same accessibility to these knowledgeable people within the industry that are going to give you game because soon there's going to be too many people in these rooms where they're probably just going to get overwhelmed by it and not hold them anymore or you won't get a chance to be a speaker and ask questions and all this shit so it's like or another social media platform may arise that may completely you make this up you know what i'm saying obsolete, make this yeah. obsolete. so it's it's a really interesting world that we're moving into where the we're getting this blip virality we're getting this blip sensationalism you know what I'm saying? And then we just, as, a, as cattle, just graze on to the next thing. It's really interesting, like, when you look at it from a macro perspective. And it requires you to be, like, an adult and, like, invest, whereas for me, I get money and I'm just like, let's make a music video <laughs> and buy lights for the house. And now I have no more money. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's... it's it takes a certain level of discipline, wealth management. You have to know where your next dollar's coming from. And, you know, it, it's the current game is not for people who are like still trying to figure out how they're going to eat tomorrow or the next week or whatever the case is. Yeah, I know how to, I know how to live broke. Like <laughs> that's the thing. Like I know how to function with only like 20 bucks for a right. week. And I know when my next little bag is coming, like I know how to, I mean, I people, people, in, they, they, people put in those positions are going to learn how to survive. Everybody has that instinct in them. And if you've been not in those everyone, not those well, if you, yeah, of course not. But, um, if you've been in those experiences, it's feasible for you to, if ever need be, go back to those experiences and manage, right? Because you've been there, yeah. right? doesn't mean that you want to be there. No, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't mean that you want to be there. It doesn't mean that, like, you're not striving for more. And, like, it's important to kind of indicate that because a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, they'll, they'll say, like, oh, if, if, if it all ends tomorrow, I can go back to, yeah, that's cool. But you, you don't want that. And if you're in a position not to have to do that, or not to worry about the quote, the proverbial other shoe dropping and going back to nothingness, which is a fear that a lot of um, rich newly people rich have. people have. Or even old rich people have because you invest all your money into one shit, like the hedge fund babies or whatever, you know? Like, totally. You, you, you can lose, you have more to lose when you have more money to, to fuck around with, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I want to get into some other shit because okay. we're getting sounding like too much as like adults, and <laughs> I kind of want to. Can I use this space to like bitch for a little bit? Sure, let's go. This I, is your platform. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just kind of getting into that space where like I'm hella fucking busy, and not only busy because like like you have the same you have the same conundrum that I'm in, where it's like we have jobs. We also are artists, which is like another full-time job just to be try to be successful as an artist and all these different ventures. But in addition to that, like have kids. And so well, that has been like, I'm legit busy from the moment I wake up until the moment I sleep. And I realize that I chose this life. Mm -hmm. But it's getting really, really hard for me to empathize with people that don't have children. Ah, that have anxiety about shit. It's like, listen, <laughs> how old are you? Do you have kids? Don't fucking talk to me. Like, you know, like, I, and it sucks because, like, I'm not trying to alienate any of my friends or anything like that. But just in general, it's like, 
beast. Like, let me let me tell it's you something. It's a different kind I'm, of busy. I'm I'm, I'm, t- I'm doing a Zoom call and like throwing bananas at Adrian. Like, eat that bitch. <laughs> like, I don't got time to cook for you right now. He's like <laughs> throwing bananas. <laughs> yeah. at him. I'm like, go outside and play. He's like, mom, <laughs> let me in the house. I gotta pee. I'm like, I'm in a class, pissing a bush. Like, yeah, it's, it's legit. It's too much what going on right now today. So if you are struggling with whatever, I promise you. You will find the resourcefulness within you to figure it out. It's not the end of the world. I don't even, like, I, like. don't you feel like that sometimes? Like, you're just moving so fast that it's like, like, how is this people's problems right now? Yeah, I just, you know, I, it's, I try not to play the problem Olympics. Like, oh, my problems are bigger than yours or I'm more stressed than you are. But ultimately, like, I, I recognize that, like, my, my stressors and, and my schedule is exceptionally busier than the average person's. And I don't think people recognize that often, or people do. And, you know, they, they choose to leave me alone or whatever the case is. But I can't imagine... I, I don't... You know, it's hard to say. I don't I know. Really... We're going to have, like, no one talk to us after this. Not, <laughs> I'm really not, like, sp- like, targeting specific people. I just mean, like, I look at every the humans as a whole, like... The things they complain about, I list, I eavesdrop in on people, like how people behave around me, and it's just like. But it's care. privilege and it's perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, just to be fair, it's like it's it's a matter of like, you're gonna complain that you're busy because you don't know what it is to be busy with children. You know what I'm saying? So like that level of like, you 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 just don't have that lens of experience, so you take your own experience for granted. You know what I mean? Until you're actually having children and you're completely overwhelmed with life, and then you're like, "Shit, I remember when it was what I what it was to be like 21 and no oh, yeah. problem." You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. Also, <laughs> is like we both had kids young. Like I had, I was pregnant at fucking 20 years old. You know, mm-hmm. and so like for me, I feel like I still lived my 20s and was crazy, but I still was like a responsible mom and was like very dichotomized. Like I was like, "Oh, I have Adrian now." I'm going to be fucking responsible. And then when he left to go to dad's after we split up, it's like, I'm going to get lit. And then you're going to come <laughs> I back. I think that's every like, parent who is co-parenting and you don't have to watch your kids all the time. Yeah. I think that's just kind of how you are. It doesn't matter what age you're in, 20s, 30s, whatever Seriously. the case is. Um, but no, I was like a full-ass adult in my 20s. So like, I'm I'm actually like devolving when it comes to maturity. <laughs> like, it's I was, like we, We're going to be like done with our parental duties when we're still like, semi-young popping so yeah I'm like I'm still like and I'm gonna be rich as fuck so yeah no not. Adrian <laughs> in, in, in he's 8 right now so in 5 years he's gonna be 13 which is basically old enough to drive so he's gonna be driving me around at 13 <laughs> right that's that's the 13 that's the is age. not old enough to drive it is though Yo, <laughs> Where? It's he, like just... he can box and punch your face off okay <laughs> have you seen him catch a spiral he's a football genius <laughs> he can drive alright I'm not driving after in five years, I'm never driving. Oh He's my gonna, I'm gonna God. pay him as my chauffeur. That's hella funny. <laughs> yeah, I got about what another eight years of parenting. And then nah, it's you got way that. less time than that. I nah, mean, parenting, sons? but like actually having to take care of them and stuff. Like when they get oh to no, teenage, like it's, yeah. it's about to be autopilot in two yeah, years. Like, I'm like, chilling. You're, That's just, like, you're guiding. You're you're like a a spiritual sherpa at a certain point. No, at, at, actually... at a certain point, parenting becomes life coaching. Yes. Yes, That's all it totally. is. Totally, like, yeah. You are, you are a parent. Like, you are a... I mean, in the bigger picture, we're always going to be parents. I got to be like... Yes, 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 yes. But with that said, 
the day-to-day parenting and the way that we, that you have to deal with every day yeah. or like I dealt with, that only lasts for about nine years, yeah. 10 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Maybe, That's what I'm maybe saying. 10 when years. 13. When, yeah, when they start walking to school and coming back home from school by themselves, it's a wrap. I don't even want to give this bruh phone though. It's like, a wrap. I'm like, I, Man, I have when a your kids, walkie-talkie. When your kids can go outside by themselves... For more than three blocks, it's a wrap. That's the. I get they, scared though. They are off in the world. I'm afraid he's gonna get kidnapped. I'm gonna have to like I mean, give but that's Adrian what I'm like saying, a glass but... eye, or something to make him look uglier. But his, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, a scar across his make face. Make him an unattractive kid. Yeah, so that people yeah. Don't... Make him look like Snape as a child. Oh like it's my, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I get that reference because I've yeah. seen Harry Potter. Yo, he just. I got him to watch <laughs> Harry Potter for the first time. It got me so horny. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> watching it after this shit. Watching Harry Potter. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. make. We'll make a list. Totally the list. The list that we're doing right now. It's not written. Do you down. have a list? It's not written oh, down. Man, but you're gonna. Have, you're gonna. No. No. I got it. Okay. The weird things that turn me on and get me moist. Go. Okay. Go. No, I'm not. I'm Come chairs. On. Yes. <laughs> Keep going. Vampires. Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Keep going. Um. Jealousy. <laughs> yes. Toxicity. Yes. Fear. Yes. <laughs> More inanimate objects yes. with <laughs> sharp furry, edges. Furry things. Furry things. Dog. Stuffed animals. Yes. Fantasy animals like yes. unicorns oh, or pegasus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> centaur. Yeah. All right. All right. Chill. chill. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Enough. Uh, okay, okay. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> we got more. Give me something else. Uh, okay. Well, I was also kind of wanting to talk about um, just because we've been super busy, and the, one of the things that I've been hella busy with, and you have too, has been trying to get uh, new opportunities for me with sync licensing, and you have been working with a management team, and I just feel like we do have some interesting insight we can give we can yeah. give to our listeners who yeah. are uh, we have a heavy listenership that are. Artist. artist community. So I've been learning a lot with sync sync placement deals recently mm-hmm. that these opportunities have been presenting themselves to me. And it's just really fucking crazy how much work that you have to do. Yeah, I was about to say, like, it's a lot of work. That oh, my God. It. Yeah, it's so like, I didn't even know this. Like, you have to convert your, like, so if you're considering sync placement opportunities, like you're either going to be kind of presented, you're either going to have know someone with that works like for United Masters or from one of these sync libraries or something like that. Or maybe a, a movie um, producer will reach out to you or something. But regardless, you're going to have to put together like this whole big ass file of all this shit that they're going to want. And the shit they want takes a lot of fucking time. You need to like stem out all your fucking tracks directly so that you have like your vocal tracks, your your drum tracks, your like whatever instrument you're using tracks. You have to get all of your lyric sheets for the cleans, for the explicits, and then you have to make little snippets, like 30-second snippets and 15-second snippets of your instrumental versions of the song, the explicit version and the clean version, and then make lyric sheets for all those fucking snippets. You have to make bios, and you have to make for the the EP bio, but also individual track bios that have the BPM, the feel, the instrument, and the key, and you have to say, like, this ethereal track really um, accentuates yes, the mood. Yes, yes, <laughs> of the venomous lyricism by the female vocalist. Like, all this fucking shit. And then you have to convert all of the Word documents into UTF-X8 files, which I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this some, like, 
foreign Star Wars language that they're talking to me? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? It's yeah. like, it's literal, like, um, that type of font or what it's doing. It's like making everything look like, you know, the computer in Jurassic Park 1? That's yeah. like, uh, uh, uh. yeah, when it's typing, <laughs> it looks like, it looks like that kind of font. So it's just been <laughs> a fucking a lot of shit you know it's like it kind of makes me realize that as an artist every time you drop a fucking song you should just do all this shit off rip like you should you should get your acapellas your instrumentals your show mixes your cleans and your and your explicit mains and you should just like make the lyric sheets and make these snippets and like make the cover art and all this stuff like beforehand but every time you make a song and i don't think the average artist thinks about any of this shit the like, average do it yourself artist does not think of this at all right like but this is there's a whole department in record labels that is dedicated to just what you said yeah i know that you have a whole job i don't have a record label but that's my point but that's my the average do-it-yourself artist doesn't have that level of understanding nor do they account for it when they bounce out there they're like hey let me get a show mix and then the regular song. Yeah. As, as far as we think about it, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? But like, this time is an investment. Like, like you're, like we've just been talking about investments and put, taking a risk on yourself. If you're going to be putting in all this fucking time and effort, number one, be fucking dope at what you do. Yeah. Right? Like, be fuck. make sure that song is worth all that time and energy that you're going to use to then promote the song, do all this work to try to get synced. Like, even after all this, there's no guarantee that my songs are going to get synced. It's right. just in a library. I'm just one of the many artists that is in the library. So it's just like, you know, making the the pool, the the probability of me getting chosen a little bit, a little it bit It gets larger. you closer. Exactly. <laughs> it gets you closer. You're in the door as opposed to looking through the window. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, even, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. You're investing so much on yourself as an artist. And it's like, I just want someone to give me money to do the thing I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to live off making music. Why is this so hard? But it it goes to show you that I think that our perceptions of what it is to quote unquote make it are completely misguided. You know what I'm saying? I just think that our general perception that we've come to agree to about the music industry is completely different than what it really actually is. And despite how many times we hear it as artists, we're delusional enough to put that aside and still go for it. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. Like every single artist who you love has told you this shit is a myth. This is bullshit. And you shouldn't f- focus on it. Yes. Every single artist you love has told you that. And we still don't believe them. No. <laughs> you see what no. I'm saying? Like, and so you, at, at a certain point you just like, well, I don't want, I, know it I now, think like, there's <laughs> certain, like I, there, I, that's, that's entirely true. But I think that there are like the things that I want. I think that I could, I can, they're achievable and I have, position myself in, into in a way that I can I can get to those spaces where I'm not like totally hating the music industry like I don't want to be in a space where I'm I want to be an indie artist I don't want to I don't want to get a record a big record right. label deal like I don't need hella fame like I just want enough to be to to have stability to be able to tour and, I and think travel most artists are like that I think most artists have that goal I, I was just sitting on a panel the other day having a conversation and what I was saying is I think we as artists have to kind of uh for lack of a better term, unlearn our sense of success and unlearn our sense of fame, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's what's always, that's always the goal. So we overlook the fact that you could be 
very well known in your immediate com- uh, community or, or or world and make a sustainable living. Hell right? yeah! You know what I'm saying? In That's the same way, way that yeah, in the same me. way that you have like your favorite local restaurant, or the same way that you have your favorite local place that you shop for clothes or wherever, you could be one of people's artists that they go to for that for that kind of feel. When they want to feel at home, when they want to feel a right. sense of community, you know what I mean? You could be that go-to person for them. Or you have a core fan base that's willing to invest, you know, say you have a core fan base of 5,000 people and they're willing to spend $10 every time you drop an album. That's exactly. a lot of fucking money. Like, that, that's exactly. that's cool. Like, you don't need to be fucking, like, Nicki Minaj. Like, I fucking don't want any of that. Mm-hmm. I don't even want, like, Action Bronson. Like, I, I want, like, low... Low level fame, but just enough to support myself and not just support, but like thrive, you know? Yeah, yeah. What are you laughing at? Because you, you want to be on the yacht and bougie. No, I want to. I was thinking about like this. I was walking with Adrian and I looked hella bummy yesterday and I saw a group of like fly little young kids walking by and I was like, yo, I got stains on my hoodie. Like, I'm. I smell like butt. Like, I want to be able to keep walking to the store looking like this without people being like, oh my God, look at what. Little this, MC yeah. on an off day. Yeah. I'm like, oh, give me the f- <laughs> I might just maybe maybe I want to get famous just so I can make that that look accessible to people. Like I don't always have to look good. No, but I think there's sucks. plenty of celebrities who um dress regular and bummy and they get caught. You know what I mean? It's not even them slipping. It's just like that's part of you. I think as a celebrity, you accept that at a certain level. Like you understand, like all right, this is gonna be what it is. Like you know what I mean? And you you make your peace with that. You the know? trolls and the all that yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I just that's not anything for me. I don't know how my mental health would sustain itself in that kind of environment or in certain other environments. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I just know. Well, the money would me. kind of help with the mental health. Well, it, it, like, you you would think, but there's plenty of rich people who've gone fucking crazy, right? Like we know plenty of those yeah, disastrous not stories. Spears. <laughs> she's a prime example, you know what I mean? And that, and Case she, in point. Yeah, and, you know, and there's people who've come into Hollywood even later or more mature than she did, and they go nuts. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not it's it not terrible. faint-hearted. It's, it's a weird... Um, fame is a weird thing. Paradigm it's a really show. Fame, you know? But um, nonetheless, let's get into Mike Fish, who just dropped an amazing album. Mike Fish is our dude... MC producer Mike Fisherton the third. Hey, we in this thing. You already know the vibes. If you don't know yeah. the vibes, you're about to learn the vibes. You do the intro now. Because we are in the presence of greatness. Oof. This is my brother from another mother. He is the king of the underground, but he's not undercover. Whoa, I drink a coffee, so I'm lit <laughs> right now. Uh, Mike Fish is in the building. Welcome, sir. The white What's up? thought. White thought. I <laughs> <laughs> <White> thought. <laughs> I like that. White yes. Oregon's original. What's good with you, sir? Oh, just chilling, laying low, and dealing with this coronavirus. But you know, trying to stay busy with the music and exactly. Congratulations on the album. Trying to make some money. Yeah, thank you. So, um, um I have a know, question before you get deep. Breaking the life shit. Okay. <laughs> Is your last name really Fisher? And I didn't know this this whole time about you. Fisher. I never knew that. Yeah. That's why your name is Mike Fish. Yeah. Wow. Which for the record, content. I know. Which for the record, I didn't realize till a few months ago. That's why your name is Little MC. Ah, see. Your name is. Those are your initials. The covert. I'm not not gonna dime you out like that, but like you just covertly obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But Fish, man, there's just like 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 talk to. 
talk to us about your like your story and like you're you're interesting because you come from Oregon. I don't really know a lot about Oregon except that there's not a lot of black people. Um, so that's the extent of my knowledge of Oregon, or it depends on where you're from, right? Like Medford versus yeah. Bend or something else. Um, but yeah, no, t- talk to us about like coming up in Oregon, like how you got into yeah. hip hop and like what got you rapping and all that shit and selling out shows out there. Cause I heard you like a, there's, a big fish. There's black people in Oregon. <laughs> there's a lot of black people in Oregon. Good. It's definitely liberal and it's definitely, um, open-minded and there's definitely, I grew up multiracial up there, but um, I'm originally from SoCal. Okay. So coming from L.A. area, Riverside to be exact, but greater L.A. area, um, that's where my older brother got into hip-hop, which naturally, my older brother's into yeah, something. It's, oh, yeah, it's always the older brothers. They I get into something, you know, like whatever he's into, I'm into, you know? Yeah. So he, he's seven years older than me. I got a sister in between. She's four years older than me. But um, looking up to him growing up, I was just into the hip-hop he was into. And luckily, he had good taste in hip-hop. And then moving on to, like, we moved to Oregon. The three of, you know, three How kids. How old were you when you moved to Oregon? Eight. Okay. So in 89. Mm-hmm. So the three of us moved up there. His three kids, our folks moved us up there. We hated it, but we made the best out of it. And then... um you know, skateboarding was always something that came from just being a kid, really. For sure. I mean, started that in SoCal, started hip-hop in SoCal, and then linked up with other skateboarders. And with skateboarding comes music, and we, we were just a crew of skaters that listened to hip-hop. You know, we loved hip-hop, and we would crate dig for... And is this like CD 90s? Is this in the 90s or early 2000s? Like, I don't want to date you, but... 90s. 90s, okay. So it's a kind of vibe. Sure. Like, I've been thinking a lot about yeah. the 90s lately. So, all right, continue. Yeah. yeah, you know the the um they would get a new shipment of hip hop CDs on Wednesdays, and same with comic books or something like that. You know, so comic books, hip hop, skateboarding, and, and you know it was just like synonymous with the skateboarding, and and it was funny like getting into the East Coast hip hop like opened up a whole lot of like new hip hop. Like of course there was like tribe and 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 uh, uh, P Rock and Seal Smooth and Black Sheep yeah. and all that, but then, but then, like this other door got open where it was like Artifacts and Dos Effects and like just I, I mean, I could just to name a few, but it was just like Nas and all the like, you know. So it was like just a, you know, you know, you know what the '90s were like. Exactly. No, just, I, I, I was just thinking about. I have a crazy, weird, random CL Smooth story. Um, <laughs> I had to drop him. Wait, off the CL Smooth, was. the actor. No, the rapper from Pete Rock and CL Smooth. He was out an actor Smooth. Oh, by the um, way, yeah. he's one. He's one of the. Do- he's a dope MC. I gotta say, he's like top ten. You think CL Smooth old, is top ten? I think so, bro. Um, do I have so, a old record? Yeah. We were just. I feel like we were making fun of that song because, like, it's such a dope and and iconic hip hop song. But when you listen to uh-huh. the lyrics. I don't really, he's not like saying anything super like profound. Nah, he's just like relaying a story. I think it's just, you have to understand like when we talk about hip hop, it's like there's a feeling, right? Like just like the young kids say now, like certain things are Mm vibey. That was vibey for its era. Like it was Mm -hmm. this crazy, amazing fucking saxophone sample. Yeah. Yeah. Right? These hard ass drums. I would say listen to the whole album. 
Yeah. Okay. Listen to the whole album, and then and then be like, all right, still smooth. But my see, my my favorite album from there was the main ingredient. That was the shit that came after that we reminisce over you, and I I love I loved it. But in any case, I I'll well really quickly I want to get into my CL smooth story because uh, so (laughs) I had to drop him off weed right. He was was staying in Hercules, and I just word around like whatever is that he was looking for weed. So um. My man Ferragamo, shout out to Ferragamo, hits me like, yo, because I, I I was the one with the car, right? In the in the little, I guess in the group. He goes, you got you still got your car, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, yo, I just my man just plugged me with CL Smooth to go grab some weed, so I need you to come pick up. Uh, it was Master I, yeah, I know Master I. And so I pick, and we go and we fucking drive all the way from Oakland to Hercules, which is like an hour out of the way to like drop him off. And he's hella cool. Like, he's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he, like we're, we're all in the car, like trying to figure out like, yo, um, like, are we going to fan out when we see him? Like, are we going to like, you know what I mean? Cause I grew up, I loved CL Smooth as a kid. Right. So like, I'm like, and then when he comes out, he's hella cool. Like everything's chill, and it was just—it was just a really interesting story. I digress, nonetheless. Yo, where was the where was the the the, the climax of that story? There was no climax. You it was just talking. No, it was just me driving the hella far out of the way to go drop off CL Smooth some weed. And he whipped out his dick, and then y'all were like, "Whoa, whoa, what the yeah, fuck?" I added a climax. I added it. You needed to add something. Skateboarding. <laughs> so yeah. you was you're you're and it's cool that you're a skateboarder because you protected Lil MC during her photo shoot because they don't take kindly to posers. Right. <laughs> and you had to co-sign. They and, don't. But sometimes when they get older, they get over that shit. Yeah. Like I yeah. did. You know. Yeah. So yeah. you're into like golden era hip hop, like and 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 so when do you start recording and like. Tell us like you're just kind of like how you how you started like rocking shows out there and what what the difference is between the Oregon hip hop scene that you are a part of and then coming down to um, like Oakland, East Bay, Bay Area, like what that transition was like. The scene was like there was a few before us. We had a group called Person People and there was just to make that story. Well, I mean, we got a half hour. I mean, there was four MCs, and then there was, we, we ended up getting a, a band. We got a band together because we opened for Jazzmatazz, and they were coming with a live band. And so we were like, let's come with a live band. So we got a band together, and we ended up rocking with that band for like another four years, I think, or something Ooh, like that. Nice. And we used to sell out shows and stuff, and there was a few in Oregon before us. Shout out to like Mighty and, uh, and a few others, man. I'm, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but but they know who they are. Gain, and I'll give a shout out to. But um, you know, we were the hip hop scene where we were at in Bend. Um, my brother was in a hip hop group as a backup dancer in like the early '90s. And that was it, and that was like <laughs> high school talent shows, you know. Damn. And then um, so like the the scene to us was just us. So we were we were like in this incubator where we were uh, un un touched unadulterated by anybody else so we were able to develop on our own without having any any outside sources telling us what you, what we can and can't do yeah, y'all were like the cool what that, is y'all were like the crew that was into hip-hop in the whole like town or community or city. yeah yeah so when we and then so so we kind of knew our shit because there was nothing else to do right except except just skate and listen to hip-hop but when it was raining or snowing out in oregon listen to hip-hop that's it and fan out on it and, and and not just fan out on it like we were studying without knowing it 
but just loving it, really. Just loved it. And then, um, so when we started playing shows, it was like, it was like, it went well. It went really well because we were the scene, you know? And, and we, we were selling out shows left and right. We had lines around the block, and it was like the shows were hype. Shit was going down at the shows. Like, That's so like cool. it was like the hype shit to be at, you know? And it was cool, and we had a lot of backs. We already had reputations um, just as, as, as homies. You know, we, we were already, like I would say, like, like something out of Riz's book that, that reminded me of that is like not to compare ourselves to that. We were way on the other side of the co- country and all that stuff. But we were already fly before we were rapping, you know? Mm-hmm. So when we started rapping, it was just like synonymous to our style already. You added another element of cool, but you guys were already cool. Like, and, and it sounds like when you say incubate, you mean kind of like you didn't have other sounds that were influencing your sound. You had this love and appreciation for hip hop, but through that love and appreciation, you developed your own sound that is so specific to you, which is what I really enjoy about you is that I don't really hear anyone else that sounds like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of want to get into that. Um, so this new album that, that you just dropped, it has a very Mike Fish sound to it. Can you tell us a little bit about like your own evolution, whatever you feel comfortable with uh, disclosing and like how you got yourself into this position where you are today, um, where you, you Like have... your creative process. Yeah, I, um, I meant just kind of like how you got to this position yeah. with this label and everything. Um, that's a really, really big move. Like how, how you even were able to position yourself to, to get a deal like this. Well, with the label, with Alpha Pup, I got on with them because of um, my friend Odd Nosdam. And I got to know him through uh, my studio space that I had out in Berkeley. And it was in a warehouse. And he had a studio space in that same warehouse. And we became friends. And we, we would work together here and there, you know, mainly like late night sessions, freestyle sessions. And they'd be producing. We'd be, I'd be rapping. And... Uh, and when this album, so this album was produced by Mike Walty, another another homie that had a studio space in that same warehouse. So Odd Nasdem heard that album and thought it was good and thought it was good enough to put out on Alpha Pup. So we kind of curated it to go with Alpha Pup. And shout out to Burnco Records too. That's kind of his label. That's like his, I don't know what you would call it, like side label. So through Burnco is what gets it on Alpha Pup. It's like an imprint. Yeah, like yeah, it's imprint. not quite a label, but it's like a, it's a production company under the larger company. You know? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. That's the way I understand it. <laughs> it's dope, and it's super dope. Is Shout this, out to Todd Nazim. Is this kind of like? And Mike I mean, it, it sounds like you were kind of like a, a big fucking deal in Oregon. Not that you weren't a big deal here, because you guys sold sold out shows out here in Oakland too, like. Yeah. The shows you did out here are not nothing to sneeze at or anything either. But would you say like what what's your biggest moment as an artist? What has been the most like monumental uh Probably pivotal moment for you? A smaller moment, like uh like before all this COVID stuff hit, um, was really killing these shows with the album um Mike Fish and Sorsky, it's about time. The album rocks. Like I think that album would sound really good on on uh, vinyl. Want to get that printed on vinyl sometime soon. But was playing songs off of that and played a few good shows, like a couple of Modesto, 
and had had a lot of fans come out and one in Santa Cruz and was just wrecking this show in Santa Cruz. The energy was high. The crowd was jumping. The place was packed. And uh, also, yeah. And, and to Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> Cuba, yeah. yeah I heard you Cuba's see it. Cuba, that, that was a highlight. Yo, tell us about Rooftop that. Havana, in Havana. Yeah, I think about Havana almost every day of my life, right? Like, I think for me, Cuba was a transformative experience, and I, I'll never forget it. Even if I never go back again, I'll remember every day. Yeah. Um, but talk to talk about your experience down there, going down there for the first time, especially doing music. In Cuba, it was cool, man. It was like. The people in Havana are in Cuba that I could tell everybody was hella cool. And it was like, everybody was so cool that I had been carrying this like stress around on my shoulders, living here in the States my whole life. Like this, like fear of judgment and stuff like that, that we deal with here every day that we don't realize, or I didn't realize until I went there and I was able to take it off. And I was like, this whole weight was lifted off my chest. And it was like, the people down there were just so like cool right off the bat and non-judgmental and hospitable and uh just very friendly helpful and like you know like instant homies just like mm-hmm. instantly like i love you bro like like yeah love you too you know like cool stuff man and, uh, that was the biggest part for me in cuba it was just so open to, how they respond to the music like when you performed out there like what was the response they responded well yeah, I remember because I, I know the stories I've heard about like yeah. you're like you're like a celeb out there. Yeah, well, Katie could tell you all that better, but um, <laughs> she was saying like they're all like started everybody started following me around. That's because I had to be I had beats. <laughs> but when we were like at the homies' apartment and everybody was congregating over there and getting ready to set up to record some stuff, I had some stuff in the headphones off that album, Mike Fish and Sorsky. And uh, I, I handed it to one of the homies to listen. He's like, let me hear, let me hear. And he put it on and his face, his face just went. And he looked at his friend, he's like, and he put it over to his friend and his friend was like, and then put it over, you know, it was like, they had never heard anything like it. And that was a good feeling. That's dope. Not to brag or anything, but like, I mean. Nah, talk your shit, man. Like we anybody, here to celebrate you, know? you and like, you know, just dropping albums is always like a, um, kind of a cathartic experience man so like how do you feel oh. dropping this album like what was the process of recording it and you know um how, uh, what's, what's been the response so far well the process of recording it was um mike Walt, he would make a beat and he would give it to me he would kick it to me and in the meantime i was doing other stuff i was producing and just kind of getting loose in my studio and stuff but um we we should yeah, I already told him that baby. <laughs> he used to share his space in a warehouse. Mike was there too, I think I mentioned that. But um so yeah, he would give me beats and uh I would record to him and they would they just kept turning out really good. And like everyone I recorded to, I think except one ended up on this album. Nice. And uh yeah, so that's how that went. And and the release it's been a pretty good reception. It's been good. We've been getting a lot of streams on it and um, been getting some interviews and uh, getting put on a lot of playlists and stuff. Yeah. Hopefully this is just kind of going, you know, if we're here, hopefully it gets up to there yeah. and up to there, hopefully, you know, exactly. 
it You're just keeps growing. Like organic placement, you know, like the whole everything about you is very authentic and natural. Like, and I, I'm just really stoked to see that the reception of your project has been so good, and I'm I'm honored to be on it. We we recorded that. Song yeah, yellow on the first the first record. <laughs> I know, I know. Me and Fish go back so long, right? Like, I like I met. You're one of the first people I met on the on like the scene out here, and so I'm stoked that we we got a record out there. But we got to make more. Yeah. We all got to collab, you know. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're on it. Yeah, me, me, me and the learn got to collab for sure. Yeah, we have we have a couple in the stash, or at least one. We just got yeah. Mm -hmm. We got to work on some new new shit, new shit for sure. Yeah, we got it. We gotta, we gotta finish up one, if we can, if it's still. I mean, it's around. We just gotta work know? on like new verses or like just rearrange it, cause like my voice sounds totally different now. Well, how long ago did you? Mine too. Five I, years ago. I would like to re-record. Yeah. Five so years ago. You do something you new. Make a whole new song. <laughs> You're yeah, like, that's what I was, that's what I was explaining. Like it's, it's five years old, you know. And I think the beat is like seven or eight years old. I made that beat on FL Studio, yeah. like you know what I mean. But it's, it's vintage. Yeah, vintage. Vintage. We might be. We might have to NFT it. Oh, <laughs> like a vintage Mike Fish unlearned joint. That'd be dope. Nah, yeah. you, you can get on our on our upcoming project. Would be dope. You know, we'll get we'll right. Mike Fish feature on it. It's the Carrie, yeah, the Carrie the Swisher project, so it could be, you know, the Glad Mike Fisher on Carrie Swisher. You hey, know? I like that. I like it. I like it. What's up with the oh, videos? Yeah. Are you are you guys dropping some videos or like what's what yeah. songs are you thinking about to drop videos on? I'm glad you mentioned it. So the title <laughs> track, <laughs> the title track is called Train Tracks. Mm -hmm. And we filmed a video to that. Gosh, it was like August or September. So it was still nice out and stuff. And uh, we filmed a video to that. Obviously, there's some train track shots. There's some good shots in it. And uh, it's a dope video. And that comes out Friday, tomorrow. Right, no, it comes out now. When I was now. Comes out now. It's out. It's out now. In your phone yeah. right now. Stream on your it. YouTube. Drop it tomorrow at 9 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> people. This drops tomorrow. What's that? Yeah. This podcast drops tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. so they're dropping together. Okay. <laughs> I love the, the scene. Yeah. <laughs> She's sitting on the ground, so you can't see her, but she wants to hear everything. You, you're not going to show this, right? You no. Know show. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Thank you. Thank you. Your face looks beautiful. I love the lighting. I know. I love her face. I know. I like the lighting. <laughs> so what What other videos are you? Like, what's your main focus artistically? Like, I was just having this conversation with Unlearn. Like, my goals as an artist. Like, I, I want to do, like, sync deals and, like, get on festival bills in spite of COVID and all that. And, like, tour internationally. Like, what is, what's one big goal that you have for yourself as an artist? And, like, why is that your goal? Right now? I just kind of, um, I think I'm going to get back into producing and just kind of slowly but surely produce tracks and record on them and hopefully collaborate, collaborate with y'all and, uh, you know, other people too. And um, just play some shows, you know, and not, and just kind of keep it simple right now and just kind of see uh, how things go really play shows around the Bay, playing wherever we get them, wherever I get them offered. And, uh, Do you think shows are going to be something that's accessible right now with COVID? I hear they they about to do the Life is Beautiful freaking huge yeah. festival in Vegas in September. So Really? That's cool. I did just get to play a couple weeks ago. What? That went well, yeah. I got to play down at Lake Merritt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing yeah. that on Saturday too, right? Uh, yeah, they're doing it again on Saturday. I'm not, I don't have a set, but um, I'm going to go down and check it out. 
Okay. And I think with the vaccine, I think things are going to slowly be opening this, you know, as summer starts to open up and stuff. And I think by next fall, like, it's hard to say when it's going to be a free-for-all again. But I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be all right. I hope so, man. I'm ready yeah. for live performances. Zoom performances I'm, are weird as uh, yeah, fuck. I'm really ready for that. We I'm just did this, that. like, women's yeah. empowerment workshop, and I, I, I did one song, and it's like, afterwards, it's like, dead-ass silent. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> did you hear me? Did you like it? Right. What's anything? I don't know. Give me something. <laughs> yeah, it's weird <laughs> performing, like, virtually, so. Yeah, it sucks when it's hard to tell, huh? Mm-hmm. I've done, um... I've done some uh, like freestyle ciphers virtually through Zoom and stuff, and those were fun because it was the MCs in the house, you know, and the, uh, the other MCs gave props and stuff it's as I gave props to them. Yeah. yeah, but I could see how when it's just like I could see if it was a crowd watching over Zoom, how if they're quiet, you'd be like, uh, "Did that go well?" <laughs> I mean, I know it went well, but like, is this really? Is this thing on? <laughs> they're like muted and their screens are muted. It's like it's like sometimes I'll teach kids and like their their whole shit is muted and I feel like am I are you even there? Like am I just talking to my fucking self right now? Like yeah. hello. But... <laughs> like is this frozen? Seriously. Yeah. All right, so Mike Fish, let's let we we don't have that much time left, so I want to know. I want to get into some some deep questions. Okay, what what's oh. one of like what is one thing that rapping has done for you like as far as helped you evolve as a human being or made you a better person or like what's like like a song that like you really put yourself out there and like you know can you kind of speak to like the emotional connection you have with with hip-hop and music and making music well it's been kind of like my therapy i guess that's one aspect that's is done for me it's like when i'm going through things a lot of times I'll grab the pad and pen and write it out, you know, and, and it kind of makes me feel better. And I hope that it makes other people feel better with whatever they're going through too. And um, yeah, it's, it's taking me a lot of places. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for rapping. Like I, I, I'm literally right here because of music, you know, like, like, and I'm sure you guys could say the same, like you, if it wasn't for music, y'all wouldn't have met, you know what I mean? I wouldn't know you guys, you know what I mean? But so it's done a lot of that for me. But I would say mainly like the therapeutic aspect and the hope that other people get therapy out of it. And I think it does because I've, I've talked to people that have said like, thank you for making that song really helped me through a rough time. Things like that. That kind of makes it all worth it. I feel like, you know, I, I go back to something Marlon said once where he's, he was saying that we always are looking at numbers and we forget that numbers are people. And then when we get, when we are, and make that human connection with someone like, yo, what you said really resonated with me. Like, I really needed to hear that. And it, like, kind of brings us down to earth from, like, I need to be famous and numbers and all that. It's like, ah, like, I actually helped this human being's life. Mm -hmm. Like, I changed the course of that person's life through my art. Like, that's crazy and incredible. That's what's up. That makes it worth it, I think. Kind of giving back and, like, just that we're not here to be self-serving, you know? Kind of lets us know that we're maybe making a difference in someone's life you know it sounds corny but it's true for me what about yeah, you babe absolutely. are you lit right now are you crying on the i'm inside? always lit yeah yeah it was the tender moment yeah tender moments you know what i mean but no, it's 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 all real it's music it's human connection and and i think we we thrive in those spaces and i think it's important for us to 
value that and, and, and be present and grateful that we have the opportunity to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could go... She could have gone wild left in our lives. <laughs> like, <laughs> like wild left, you know? So the fact that we're even here and we can tell our story and, and that story can live on beyond us, that shit to me is a miracle. It's like, fuck. <laughs> like, what would you... Like, last question. We'll all answer this. What would... If right. you weren't... If you never ever became a rapper for whatever reason you were too insecure what have you what would what do you think you'd be doing right now i don't know maybe working in the skateboard industry mm. maybe you break a, a lot of bones though are you are you able teacher. To, to skate like you used to because you injured yourself a lot or nah no not really but maybe i could work in like one of the distributors warehouse or something like that i don't know oh, okay the skate shop i don't know you, you got to partner with the skate shop you know that, right? Like that needs that that needs to be on your that partnership your, needs to yeah. happen like ASAP. You need to get it with, cool. with some skate. like some Mike Fish wheels. Like. Yeah, yeah, for reals and like being like, their ads. Oh my god, I'm gonna help you with this. Suyan, are you listening? Are you taking notes? Suyan, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's sleeping. She, she said, take notes. I need to uh, partner with the skate shop. Or partner with a skate company. I've been telling him. Mike Fish wheels. <laughs> yeah, I've been telling him. You should like make a dope design and like put it on skates. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of skater friends. It's a good way to sell merch, you know, yeah. skateboards. And then you you, you make shit. a music video with the skate merch in it, and then they sh they play your song for their ads in their shop. It's like cross. Yeah, yeah, we have. Well, it's video. connecting interest. That's an old. You know what? We actually had this new guy. He, he we don't even know him. He heard his new album. And he just posted it randomly on a, on a social media. And he's like, Mike Fish Music is like very good for skating hey, or something like that. That's so how you, you have your skater fans. <laughs> on that note, I think it'd be rad to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Get a song in a, a skateboard video. Get a yes. song in a video. That's always been a dream. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Mike That'd Fish, cool. sir, congratulations yeah. again on the album. Shout out where people can find you on social media and what the name of the album is and all that. Go ahead and shout that out. Uh, you can you can you can order vinyl on at mikefishmusic.net and you can also get to all the streams from there. But um the music's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, it's on iTunes, it's everywhere. You just you just gotta look up Mike Fish and the al the new album's called Train Tracks. There you go. And then you can find all the other albums through there. Wait, so Yen's got more to say. I can tell she's in the back. What did he miss? I said, he's on Instagram. It's Mike Fish Music, Twitter, Fish Lover. Um, yeah, Mike Fish Music on Instagram. <laughs> I'll reiterate. What, Twitter's Fish Daddy Lover? Yeah. Yeah, Mike Fish on, on Facebook. It's Su Yen. Mike Fish train tracks. It shows that. Okay. Are you okay yeah. with him being Fish Daddy Lover on Twitter? What if you <laughs> You're never allowed to be Undaddy Lover on Twitter. Yeah. Are you okay never with that? Undaddy. Yeah, I'm never Undaddy. Yeah. Never Undaddy. Yeah. But I'm really a father. No. <laughs> what? Right. He's my yeah, Undaddy. I'm, I'm, I'm her Daddy Lover. There you oh, go. There you go. Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us questions, comments, topics. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Mike Fish, thank you, sir. We'll talk again real and soon. And manager Suyet in the back. Thank you, guys. Good seeing you. Peace, y'all. Good seeing you, too. Peace, Peace family. Oh, yeah.
concept, that's a non-threat Like fools talking shit, but it ain't on yet You done? You calm yet? Shoot, I love this beat It reminds me of a summer breeze I'm drunk, it's beautiful, I'm drunk Guess my steez ain't suitable for punks But I'm good, if you're good, then you know that Brush it off like, take it easy, Kojak Without love, what is love? So what? Motherfuckers act cold, but they cold front Maybe cause when they rap, they don't budge But when I grab the microphone, people go nuts I can't help it, that's how I was born Some regular crackers, I'm out of the norm Rough upbringing as a kid Never got to see Pops after he did his last bit Smooth as margarine, yet it sound rough Come on, we're getting down without love Done my best, I love to death Only problem is, I love till there's none left Smooth as margarine, yet it sound rough Come on, we're getting down without love Done my best, love to death Only problem is, I love till there's none left Alright, I'm back to normal Sorry for informally addressing the issue Ain't no issue Getting where it feels right And where it fits you It's simple You just run your mouth on crystal That shit is dead as disco Old school like Mad Dog 2020 and Cisco Sweetness like apples and peaches It's marvelous It ain't hard to get But you're forgetting what your target is Happy as a puppy Gooder than a cookie Growl like a wookie Fresher than a rookie Vet Hall of Famer Props to my dolphin ganger Fools through the coop Fish flying out the hangar all around the world in the same gang banger hotel rooms full of smoke pain and anger here's a doctor feel good all right i'll take it later i want to live comfy for now i gotta cater razor laser sharp playing after dark night out tight style finger paint my art no need to play the part i am what i am getting airplay hear my rhymes on the ham smooth as margarine yet it sounds rough come on we're getting down without love done my best Love to death. Only problem is, I love till there's none My left. My favorite thing about life is to exist while I sleep. Well, now I wake up every morning and it feels like a dream. I used to disappear intoxicated, caught in a trance when I succumbed to fall the victim to my current circumstance. But now I'm back. My popular demand, goddamn. I reconcile with my past that I refuse to understand. They say it takes 90 days to generate a new habit. So it takes time to deconstruct it once you already have it. Went on a self destructive rampage like my soul was everlasting. Once your body starts to decompose, harder to grasp it. Now the subtle thoughts of death are fading, vainer than a whisper, no longer living to die, moving bold and by wisdom, my son knows I've said it before, fear's inevitable, those with paths favor trial, they're meant to be incredible, don't let hatred manifest itself, controlling your mental, your self-love helps us recognize the potential. Smooth as margarine, yet it sound rough, come on, we're getting down without love, done my best. Love to death, only problem is I love till there's none left. Smooth as margarine, yet it sound rough. Come on, we're getting down without love. Done my best, love to death. Only problem is I love till there's none left. 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 Only problem is I love till there's none left. I love